Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It's not hyperbole to suggest a very solemn moment. Today, the Supreme Court of the United States expressly took away a constitutional right from the American people that it had already recognized. They didn't limit it, they simply took it away. That's never been done to a right so important to so many Americans. But they did it. It's a sad day for the court and for the country. Fifty years ago, Roe v. Wade was decided and has been the law of the land since then. This landmark case protected a woman's right to choose, her right to make intensely personal decisions with her doctor, free from the, inter- from the interference of politics. It reaffirmed basic principles of equality, that women have the power to control their own destiny. To control their own destinies is what Joe Biden said just a few moments ago. But if I go back a few years ago to 2006, I get this Joe Biden. I, I do not view abortion as a, uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. And I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. And they ought to be able to have a common ground and consensus as to do that. The consensus from the Supreme Court was that Roe v. Wade was faulty in its decision 49 years ago. And thus, with the Dobbs Mississippi case, Roe has now been overturned a 6 3 decision. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you guys. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The question before us is what comes next? We certainly know that there are protests that are going to happen out there. We certainly know uh, that there's the possibility, as Speaker Pelosi has said, you could see some federal legislation on the subject. You heard President Biden say he wants Congress to move on federal legislation. My argument is. Well, okay, that would be the creation of a law. I'm fine with the creation of a law. We can agree and disagree, and we have a vote, as opposed to the Supreme Court just making a decision uh, via, you know, through whole cloth, if you will. But this now immediately becomes a state's issue, just like it should have been. This has always been a conversation about, is it a state's rights issue? I've always argued that, yes, it is a state's rights issue. Well, some states... They've got laws that have gone into place immediately. The minute the decision came out, their laws went into place, and then there are some states that don't have such laws. One of those places is Indiana. My beloved, possibly your beloved, Indiana. Eric Berman joins us right now, chief political correspondent at 93.1 FM WIBC in Indiana, has covered the State House longer than anybody in the state. I think you're the dean of the State House uh, at this stage of the game, Eric, and you have been. It just means very- I'm really old, Tony. Is that what it means? <laughs> You've been very focused on this, of course, uh, in, the, in the days leading up to it, knowing that this decision was eventually going to come out, that the leak that was out there, this draft of Justice Samuel Alito, was probably legitimate, and it turned out to be nearly word for word, uh, as is being described. But you've been covering where de- Democrats and Republicans are in the state. Indiana has a supermajority of Republicans in both uh, their, their House and their Senate in the General Assembly, also controlling the governor's mansion. Let me start with the statement from Governor Holcomb, which reads, Eric Holcomb, the the Supreme Court's decision is clear, and it is now up to the states to address this important issue. We will do that in short order in Indiana. I've already called the General Assembly back on July 6th, and I expect members to take up this matter as well. 
I have been clear in stating I am pro-life. We have an opportunity to make progress in protecting the sanctity of life, and that's exactly what we will do. There, the, the General Assembly is coming back July 6th to deal with a refund of a billion dollars to Hoosiers. Now he's talking about this. Before we get into how this plays out, where are House and Senate Republicans right now on the possibility of legislation here? Oh, they, they've been for legislation for a long time. Remember, back in March, before there was even the Alito leak, back in March, 100 Republican legislators, there's only 110 of them, 100 of them signed a letter to Governor Holcomb saying, hey, we know Dobbs is pending. If they scale back or overturn Roe, we want a special session to act immediately on that and do something. So there's no question that there's supermajority support to do that. The question that's going to come up on July 6th is, okay, we want to do something. What is that something? Do we just enact more restrictions or do we ban it outright? If we ban it outright, are there exceptions for rape, for incest, for the life of the body? All the things that other states have been dealing with, some of them even before the ruling came out, like Oklahoma, they're going to have all of that on the table and they're going to have to work it out. But because they're going to be in session, you know, they don't have to ask. They're already coming in in two weeks. And so game on. You have the statement from uh, Todd Houston, House Speaker, saying we recognize the passion from all sides on this issue, and that's why I expect the General Assembly to thoughtfully vet any legislation through the full legislative process, including committee hearings and public testimony. Does that sound like a guy who's ready to do this in special session? Uh, It does. It also sounds like somebody who... I don't want to say he hasn't thought about this. He probably has thought about this. But what that means is this is not going to be a short special session. There, it's going to take some time to go through the committee process. I mean, they, they may only have, in fact, they'll probably only have two bills. They'll have the tax rebate. They'll have the abortion bill. The tax rebate, they could probably push through in a day if they wanted to suspend the rules and do it, or three rules, if, three days if they did it according to normal procedure. This is going to take some time. They've got to decide where their caucuses are. They've got to make sure the language is drafted correctly. You know, Jim Bopp, the attorney from Terre Haute, who's been active on uh, pro-life issues for many years, he has drafted model legislation that he's urging state legislators to use. That may very well be the template. That doesn't mean that they necessarily stick with that. That doesn't necessarily mean that you've got a majority for that. I expect there's going to be a lot of interesting closed-door caucus meetings that we won't be privy to where they figure out what has 51 votes in the House. And then again, even if we agree on what it should look like, much like uh, the gun bill in in Washington last week, hey, we've got a framework, now we have to get the wording straight, and that's going to take even longer. The Democrats um, in, in the House and the Senate clearly are bothered by what they see from the Supreme Court. But they must accept, I I I would assume they they accept as a baseline, something's going to come. There's going to be some level of legislation that comes from the state of Indiana. Have you gotten a hint of what they're willing to accept and not accept? What is their position? I have not seen any indication that there's any restriction that they're willing to accept, understanding that the, the Democrats in the legislature don't have the votes to stop much of anything. Um, they may be able to form some coalitions. They may, again, when you have to get to 51 votes, if the Republicans can't put 51 on the board for one thing, maybe there's some discussion over dial, dial this back some. But I have a hard time 
picturing more than a couple. You know, there are a couple of pro-life Democrats and a couple of pro-choice Republicans at the state house. It's not as uh, as universal as uh, as generally is at the national level, but there aren't very many. And I can't imagine there's anything that's going to get very many Democratic votes, regardless of what it looks like. Talking to Eric Berman, chief political correspondent at 93.1 FM WIBC in Indianapolis. This from Phil Giaquinta, who is the House Democratic leader here in Indiana. Today's decision rolls back nearly half a century of reproductive health care protections, and House Democrats are prepared to fight whatever regressive legislation House and Senate Republicans put forth. We still believe that medical decisions, and especially serious and difficult ones like abortion, are best made between a woman and her doctor, not by the government. That sounds like a Democratic Party that's going to say no to everything except full access to legal abortion. Uh, and they figure they there's nothing to compromise on. Let the Republicans do it. We can't stop them anyway. That's, that, that seems to me... To be what they're saying, I, I think that that's probably the case. I mean, it's it's pretty much the party position. The one thing that might be interesting, and I don't think it's going to get any yes votes from the Democratic side of the aisle, but it's something that they may work to help shape and get into the bill. I thought this was interesting in uh, Speaker Houston's statement, which uh, you referenced earlier. He says, I, "I strongly believe we'll couple any action with expanding resources and services to support pregnant mothers and care for their babies before and after birth." That's been part of the debate over whether this is something that uh, that legislatures should get involved in at all. One of the, the arguments from the don't touch this side has been, well, how are you going to care for mothers? How are you going to care for babies? There aren't enough resources. This is the speaker saying, hey, that, that should be part of the bill. We, we agree that that, that that is a consequence here. That's something where I would imagine that the Democrats would uh, would at least have some input. But again, can you get to an agreement? And can you get to an agreement in a special session, which I believe is capped at 30 days? I don't think they can stay all summer. I was, that, literally where I was going to go next is, if I, I think people looked at the special session about the refund of a billion dollars, basically $250 for every taxpaying Hoosier, as something that would take a day. Here it is. Vote. Okay, everyone go back home. Uh, uh, who, who, who wants to uh, share a cab? Yeah. And, and that would be <laughs> And it, if that's all they right? were doing, that probably would be exactly what would happen. But you, we think right now that if they decide to engage this by in this call, the special session, they're going to be right down the road uh, fr- from where you are at Forty Monument Circle, and I'm I would bet that there's no way they get this done in thirty days. Because to bring up your point earlier, if this is something Republicans have been discussing, have you heard anything about a framework they already have? Well, they've got the BOP framework. And there were bills that were filed uh, in the legis- – you know, th- there's a couple of legislators who have filed uh, outright ban bills for, for several years. They've never gone anywhere because at the time you had Roe v. Wade on the books. Um, but certainly that will be one proposal that will be filed. I guarantee someone will file a bill to just ban outright. Whether that's the final version, I tend to doubt it but wouldn't rule it out. There's going to be a lot of versions of this. And the caucuses are going to have to decide what they have the votes for. The committees, you, you know, the, there, there's always this, uh, this sense, you know, the, the leadership says, you know, we'll give this a full hearing. We'll, uh, we'll make sure all sides are heard. And the, the cynics uh, in the crowd will say, oh, yeah, right, and then you're going to do what you want. Well, that's mostly but not entirely true. That public input does 
impact the debate. There, there may be some changes based on what they hear in committee. Fundamentally, the Republicans are going to pass something, and the question is, what form does it take? This now gets us to Governor Holcomb. I want to read this statement again attributed to Governor Holcomb. The Supreme Court's decision is clear, and it is now up to the states to address this important issue. We'll do that in short order in Indiana. I've already called the General Assembly back on July 6th, and I expect members to take up this matter as well. I have been clear in stating I am pro-life. We have an opportunity to make progress in protecting the sanctity of life, and that's exactly what we will do. Two things I note from this statement, Eric. Number one is that he says, I expect members to take this up, meaning members are going to take this up. We should expect more than just a one-day session. What really strikes me about this statement is that this is the governor who would not sign the transgender legislation about students and sports. This is uh, the, the governor who did not say a single word in, in uh, support of parents regarding school boards when the Garland uh, Justice Department utilized the term domestic terrorist. I don't ask you to comment on these social things, but rather to the question of he has been remarkably silent on the social issues, and then all of a sudden he doesn't come out swinging he comes out with, once you read it a couple of times, a megaton bomb. Guys, we're putting this legislation in, and it's happening. Get ready for it. And is my take wrong? I think slightly. The, the way, and, and the governor has been asked about this before after the, uh, the legislator's letter came out asking for the special session, and again after the leak of the Alito draft. And basically this has been his position. His position has been, I'm pro-life, I want to see what the ruling is before I decide what we're going to do, but I'm pro-life and, uh, and that would be where I'd be leaning. Now that the ruling is out and this statement is out, um, I, I did reach out to the governor's office earlier today. They're letting the statement speak for itself. This is my six-word paraphrase of it. Send me something I can sign. You know, he'll support most things that they send him. There might be a line, you know, a no-exceptions ban. Is that something that he would sign? Don't know. We'll, we'll see if that's what they pass, and we'll see, see what he does. But it, something it, that doesn't go too far beyond some undetermined line I would expect to see his signature on. Eric, if, if you and I were sitting at a bar stool have, having a bourbon, I would bet you all the money in my pocket versus all the money in producer Ari's pocket that Indiana will not be a no exception state. I would, uh, uh, this, this, uh, I'm get engaged in a bit of speculation here, no doubt, and maybe putting you as a reporter on the spot, and I don't mean to. But I, I cannot visualize this Republican Party and how. They've acted uh, far different than, let's say, a Florida Republican Party, um, not having exceptions. I just, I can't visualize it. Has there been any talk that you have heard of that signals to you they, they're going one way or, or another? And in exceptions, we, we utilize the ones that usually get brought up, right. rape, incest, life of the mother. Those are usually the ones that, that you hear about. Have you heard in, in, from your sources either way the Republican Party might be going? I, I have not heard anything. I, strictly speculating, I think that that's the way to bet that they would not go that far. But I think anything is on the table from a no-exceptions ban 
all the way down to they can't agree on something and they try it again in January. I think it's most likely that we're somewhere in the middle, but I think both ends of that spectrum are possibilities. It's so funny. I get I get that you're right, that we meet somewhere in the middle. I'm re- my, my gut is they don't have it in 30 days and it comes back in January. This is... That's my take. Well, I'll discuss it with you off air. I'm not going to put you on the spot for that. Eric Berman, Chief Legal Correspondent, 93.1 FM WIBC. I appreciate you taking the time, Eric. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. It's going to come from the Supreme Court, so it's going to be a decision that uh, we certainly are going to respond to. Uh, so I'll, I'll leave it at me. This is like, it's just like any other Supreme Court decision, just like the one uh, that they did today on, on guns. So that was the press secretary, Corinne Jean Pierre, yesterday, not answering whether or not uh, she'll accept the uh, the decision of, of the court. It's it's special. It is very, very special, people. How you must accept everything they say, but anything you say, well, you know, that's that's a real problem right there. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. There's a lot of conversation, a lot of question about what this decision does to the election. Does this... Roe v. Wade overturned 6-3 decision. Does this now give Democrats real opportunities for pickups? State houses, uh, Congress, governor's races. Is, is that what we have here? Is, do, do we have uh, the, this, the, this opportunity now? Do Democrats feel like this? They have this opportunity now to, to win because finally they have something they can campaign on. I am less there than others. I am far less there than others. And the reason I am is because of this guy in Virginia. Trump said before he left out of office that um, if Biden was to come into office, gas prices would go up. Um, Gas prices are going up to $5. I think it's outrageous. That's just a guy in Virginia who's asked a question at a convenience store. Trump said before he left office that if Biden uh, was to come into office, gas prices would go up. Should I point out that looking at the video, it's a black man? Do you really think that Roe v. Wade changes his mind? No. The suburban soccer mom? How do they weigh it all? This is going to be one of the questions we break into, we dig in deep into. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. So the question before us, guys, is if we now have a special session in Indiana and the special session was supposed to be about getting the billion dollars back to Hoosier taxpayers, that's how we're going to handle inflation. Uh, Just a spoiler alert. That is not how we handle inflation. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 
833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. That's the number. You're going to need that number because here's the question. What do you favor? If they're now, based on the words of Governor Holcomb, I expect you to take this up. Is Indiana going to be a state that has no exceptions or some exceptions or many exceptions? Will they have an, uh, an exception for rape, for incest, for life of the mother? None of them. Will they have only um, uh, categories based on uh, time in terms of, of gestation? Will uh, Indiana be a state that says um, uh, pregnant is a conception? Life begins at conception. How will they go about this? And what are you telling your elected representative? 833-GOT-TONY is the number. 833-468-8669. I want to hear from you. But I wanted to share this because there's a lot of being said that somehow Judge Amy Coney Barrett, I should, sorry, Justice Amy Coney Barrett, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, Justice Neil Gorsuch, they lied in their confirmation hearings regarding Roe v. Wade, and it, it was uh, settled, settled precedent. I remember this back and forth. This, to me, was the moment where you're like, okay, Amy Coney Barrett is, uh, is of serious mind, and she is. She is a serious mind. Sonia Sotomayor is a serious mind. I just find her reasoning deplorable. And I have made the argument she doesn't adjudicate. She votes. And I believe that her record proves me right on that. I'm not calling her a fool. Not for a second. But this was Senator Amy Klobuchar discussing specifically Roe versus Wade in justice Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation hearing. And how this is being phrased is that, here, here's like, for example, how they put it. Cases like Roe are so well settled that no political actors and no people seriously push for their overruling. Except that's not what she said. The question from Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota and then the response from now Justice Amy Coney Barrett. Well, you also separately acknowledge that in uh, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, the Supreme Court's controlling opinion talked about in the reliance interests on Roe v. Wade, which it treated in that case as super precedent. Is Roe a super precedent? How would you define super precedent? I, I, I actually, I might have thought someday I'd be sitting in that chair. I'm not. I'm up here, so I'm asking okay, you. Okay, well, people so. use super precedent differently. Okay. The way that it's used in the scholarship and the way that I was using it in the article that you're reading from was to define cases that are so well settled that no political actors and no people seriously push for their overruling. And I'm answering a lot of questions about Roe, which I think indicates that Roe doesn't fall in that category. And scholars across the spectrum say that doesn't mean that Roe should be overruled, but descriptively it does mean that it's a case, not a case that everyone has accepted and doesn't call for its overruling. I don't think now I ask you, is that somebody who lied or specifically played out? Some scholars say this, but because of its discussion, it clearly is not accepted by all. She was honest, she was clear, she was forthright. She was direct, she was focused. She was unbelievably well-prepared without a note, and she was smarter than everybody on the Senate Judiciary Panel. And she's sure as hell smarter 
than the vast, vast, vast majority of protesters in front of the Supreme Court right now. The question before us is, what does Indiana do? Let me at least make a, a, a statement here. If Indiana has a special session where now abortion is coming up and they don't have some laws about abortion, the level of scrutiny come January is going to be overwhelming. The country is going to descend. Indiana has uh, the possibility of being a ground zero state in that way. But the question is, what do you want? Do you want uh, free and legal? I, I call it free, but do you want legal abortion in the state of Indiana? Do you want no exceptions whatsoever? Do you want to be based on time? Do you want to say for the life of the mother uh, you can have an, an abortion? Where are you? 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. Let me go to Paul. Paul, welcome to the show. What's your take? Hey, Tony, uh, first-time caller, long-time listener. Um, I'm from uh, Indiana. I'm, I'll be 26 next month. Um, been uh, been there my whole life up until last March, and uh, been in California. And I know that uh, I would love to see Indiana uh, come and actually leave it up to the the mother, leave it up to the woman because it is her body; it should be her choice. Uh, however, I don't I don't see that happening um, in the near in you know in the near short to near future because that is against everything Indiana stands for, and they are the south of the north, and they will say whatever that... Paul, i got to object to something. Uh, south of, uh, of, of the north is a very strange line, and the problem with that line is that you're, you're making a very disparaging attack on, on Hoosiers. You're saying uh, that Indi this is the Indiana of the KKK, which is not, and you don't even recognize the changes of southern states like Georgia and like Alabama and like Mississippi, and I find that to be something that, that shows an unseriousness to, to the conversation, right? That's the, that's the problem there. I, 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 guess, I guess he hung up. I guess he, he didn't appreciate me having a, 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 a statement about his statement because you weren't getting into a conversation of, I think you should leave it up to the mother. You could have left it there. You got into insulting the people of Indiana. That's a worthless argument. Worthless. And this whole idea that Indiana is a southern state pushing up into the north is an attack on the South. It's an attack on Hoosiers. And the worst part is it very often comes from people in Indiana. It is such low-class, low-rent, pseudo-intellectualism that I do uh, dismiss it. And you ruined your own argument, Paul. If you, you had a point of view, I wanted to hear it. You went on the attack. That's, that isn't how any of this works. Nick, welcome to the show. What's going on, Nick? The question for you, uh, how do you think Indiana should engage on this conversation of abortion? Uh, are you in favor of restrictions or no? Um, I'm in favor of restrictions. I think that the only time abortion should be allowed is if uh, the mother's life is in jeopardy, say that she's not handling the pregnancy well. 
and the baby's killing her. So I think that yeah, she should have a right to her own life, for one. Uh, for two, I think in rape cases, it should. And, um, and uh, the third, I think that it should be allowed if the baby is considered brain dead before birth. Well, you got you got a little heavy on 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 the last one, but it, it, it I think that there'll be some people out there who'll be like, okay, he's got a nuanced argument, and I and I'm convinced, Nick, I'm personally convinced that the nuanced argument is going to be the Indiana argument. It's exactly why, like, I think that that legislators, Nick, are, are going to listen to what you just said and be like, I wonder how many of my constituents weave that web. And I believe the answer is going to be a great number. A great, great number. And I think it is the nuanced conversation that is going to lead to, even if there is, we were discussing that we think the, the um, amount of time you can have in a special session is 30 days. So it's it got called for July 6th, 30 days of special session, called by Governor Holcomb. I don't believe they'll have it done. Because of exactly what you're saying. Because of exactly the nuanced conversation uh, in that. Uh, let me go uh, to John. John, welcome to the show. What's going on, John? Hey, Tony. I have a nuanced view as well. I believe life begins at conception. I believe abortion is morally wrong and except when the life's mother is in danger. But I also have a political view, and I believe that there is a sweet spot where we can save a lot of lives. We may compromise on rape incest up until the second trimester, and then the life of the mother, uh, that, that one never changes for me. But I do believe a nuanced answer is the right answer because it will save innocent lives, and ultimately I believe in a human life amendment that compromises the death penalty and abortion, and I believe that's the way to ultimately go, but that's not going to happen soon. And I think one of the reasons, and, and man, I, John, I appreciate the call. I think one of the reasons that, that you're going to see uh, a fight is certainly there'll be some Republicans who are like, no, uh, no abortion at all. You, Until you see a Democrat say, well, what if? Well, what if? We'll, we'll end this problem. Meaning that if any Democrats could come along, would come along, would be willing to come along to recognize the, the reality of, of, of where we're at. You might get the, the, the nuanced conversation becomes a lot easier. A lot easier. But I don't think they will. I don't think they will at all. I think that, that they will be, nope, free, uh, free, they'll say free. Free, legal, they'll, they'll do the, the whole thing. That's where they're going to be. But, man, I'm, I'm right there. I am right there. It is the nuanced conversation that I think is going to be where Hoosiers are, and it's going to keep things from happening uh, this, uh, this session. Let me, I'll, I'll take one more. I'll I never take calls. Come on. I'll take one more. Let me go uh, to... Ian right there. Ian, welcome to the show. Uh, your take, what What would you like to see from Indiana on the subject of abortion? Ian, I love you. I thought that was a, a fantastic call. I thought you made a lot of great points uh, right there. Ryan, welcome to the show. Your take, man. 
Hey, good afternoon, Tony. Um, so here's the situation that I'm kind of seeing. Keep talking uh, um, abortion as it relates to ra- uh, incest, rape, and life of the mother, right? That's always one of the talking points, or three of the big talking points. But the, the reality of the situation is I'm not a doctor, so somebody can call me on this, but the, the, the situation of um, the safety of the mother is so, so rare that it can be almost be taken at, at a case-by-case basis. And the incest and rape thing are kind of too, too packaged in the same thing. When you look at incest cases, they're usually products of rape, right, either by uh, a family member, uh, well, obviously for incest, but then when you look at the thing as a whole and package it back into rape, um, here's the issue. I'm a spouse of a uh, rape survivor, and the issue here comes from when you look at um, the unprosecuted, unconvicted rape rates. It- no, I got I to gotta, I gotta stop you right there just, just for a moment because you're going into a conversation. Not that's a bad conversation, but I need to bring it back to, to our uh, conversation saying that things are are rare right uh how how often is the life of a mother at play i think is, is a fine thing to say but it doesn't change the fact that they're going to have to craft legislation that discusses it so it's not like you could just say well they could do it on a case-by-case basis not if there's not a law that doesn't allow them to engage it on a case-by-case basis that's the story. So the question was, how do we think Indiana should take this? What do you want to see from them? I think it will be the nuanced argument. I think that's the where Indiana's going. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm telling you where I think it's going to be. That said, I am convinced they're not going to have it done in 30 days. We'll see if they prove me wrong. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz.